I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, September 13, 2021. It's been more than 10 months since Bob Brockman was indicted, charged with one of the biggest tax evasion schemes in history. The prosecution of the former CEO of Reynolds & Reynolds is approaching a pivotal fork in the road. Will he be deemed competent to participate in his own defense? Automotive News staff reporter Lindsay Van Hulley, our digital retail specialist, wrote a front-page story about a hearing that was scheduled for today, September 13. I reached Lindsay at her home office in Michigan. Lindsay Van Hulley, welcome to Daily Drive. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. So you have a front page story on this week's automotive news about a hearing that was original was scheduled for today, Monday, uh, but it had to be pushed back. What what happened? Essentially, there was a status conference that was supposed to happen late last week to discuss details of the hearing. That status conference ended up getting pushed until Monday morning. And so a federal judge on Friday said that the competency hearing that had been scheduled for Bob Brockman, the former CEO of Reynolds and Reynolds, uh, would not happen Monday. Instead, that status conference that's now scheduled for Monday morning would discuss details of the hearing. Uh, We might get some more insight into um, when and how that competency hearing might proceed uh, at that status conference. So the conference was to determine sort of the ground rules or uh, what would be discussed at the hearing. And so it all just gets slid back a little. That's my understanding. It's not clear as of right now when that competency hearing might begin. But after that conference, we may have some more details. So remind us of the big picture of this case. What What is Bob Brockman being charged with? Back in October of 2020, he was indicted on 39 counts, including tax evasion, wire fraud, money laundering, and evidence tampering. And prosecutors at the time said that he had engaged in in a scheme lasting about two decades that essentially evaded uh, taxes on $2 billion in income. And so he pleaded- Two two billion dollars? Billion with a B? Yes, that's a lot of money. It is. How did they say that it worked? It was this was uh, this was with the offshore account of some sort. Essentially, he had been alleged to have um, sort of creating a, a paper trail with an offshore structure that was you know used to um, essentially evade those, uh, that income that otherwise would have been paid in, in taxes. And so it's a, a, a complicated uh, situation involving bank accounts uh, in Bermuda and in Switzerland, going back into, but going back to 1999, up through um, October of, of 2019. And so the, the, the government's uh, indictment came down in October of 2020, almost a year ago. And this case has been pending in federal court uh, ever since as the competency proceedings have uh, have sort of played out. It's a, it's a complicated case. It's a, a complicated scheme that he's accused of, of putting together, one that would require a fair amount of competency, but, but he's older now than he was. So 
what what's the competency hearing? What does it assess? What's uh, what goes on there? The issue of competency right now really addresses whether he can understand the case and assist with his defense. It doesn't get at whether he was competent at the time of the alleged offenses. His attorneys had sought this back in December of 2020 uh, and had noted that he had been experiencing um, some symptoms, uh, some memory problems. There had been some consultations with some doctors back in 2018 and 2019. And his attorneys wrote at the time that uh, there had been a determination that he had symptoms that were consistent with Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease or dementia uh, that is progressive. And, uh, you know, the, his attorneys had cited evaluations that he was having trouble retaining information and processing it and essentially said that he he's not capable of, of assisting in his defense. Uh, and so there should be a hearing to, to evaluate that. Um, what followed was, uh, filings from, uh, from prosecutors who, uh, raised a couple of questions based on the, the defense's claims. One being that he continued to lead Reynolds and Reynolds as CEO, um, until after uh, he was formally indicted, uh, late last year and that a number of the uh, kind of the timeline aligns with some of the key dates in the investigation. And so there, the prosecutors have contended that there are um, uh, just some of the claims, there's, there's questions about, about, about that. So that's where this hearing is set to go over those and, and really lay out the, the evidence on both sides. And what is the standard for determining Competent? Is there a is there a specific test, or is it uh, what's the what's the legal measure for this kind of thing? The federal statute requires that to be determined uh, by what's called a preponderance of the evidence. And I talked to a number of attorneys uh, in in the last week about you know learning more about what that means, and and a number of them pointed to this sort of definition of, of more likely than not. Uh, it's a it's a less stringent standard than the beyond a reasonable doubt that is uh, used in in convictions, um, and essentially it's you know one attorney told me it's it's essentially you know fifty one percent versus forty nine percent, and so it's it's really having the evidence and and weighing it and determining that it's more likely than not that uh, there's. Um, you know, an, an, an inability to to assist in his defense. So, wasn't there a story a month or two ago about a, a panel already dis, already deciding that he's competent? How does that play into it? Essentially, there are experts for for both the defense and the prosecution who have been allowed to run tests and and evaluate him. And this has happened uh, over over a number of months this year. And the report that you're referring to is uh, a filing from prosecutors who have noted that all of the government's experts have found him to be competent. Um, And so that's certainly what the the government's experts have found. The defense's experts um, have had a similar opportunity to evaluate him. And and that, that information and evidence is is going to be uh, considered as part of that record. For the for the judge to weigh when determining competency. 
but that panel is uh, one that was uh, hired by or is, is a more affiliated with the government side, the prosecution case. But some of them even sort of indicated that this was, uh, what do they call it, malingering? Uh, this was, uh, was they, they kind of, some of the, a couple of them suspected these were sort of fake claims. That's according to, according to what prosecutors have written in court filings, that's uh, two of them diagnosed that, yes. A lot of contingencies, right? Who, who's saying what and, and how they're saying it. These are important details to, to keep in mind. So after this conference meeting on, on Monday and or today and, um, and then the ultimate hearing, if he's determined not to be competent, can he not stand trial? Is there no trial then? Generally, it's it's not um, it's not as as simple as sort of saying the case is over after that. Um, a number of the attorneys I talked to said, uh, you know, if if a defendant is found to be competent after this proceeding, then you know the case generally can proceed toward trial. Um, if a defendant is found though that he or she is unable to assist with their defense, um, there's a, a process that that is spelled out in in the statute that essentially um, allows for treatment to see if at some future point uh, that defendant can can become competent or gain, uh, gain the, the, the ability or the capacity to, to understand and assist with his or her defense going forward. So there is a process that happens uh, if that, if that uh, is the finding uh, before there's ever a point where the case wouldn't go forward. So it's still, it's still very early in this process. Right, right. Sounds sounds complicated, though. So, but I guess just to make clear, though, the company is just carrying on, right? He's just not there, and and the company is is doing their business. That's correct. Reynolds has not been accused of any wrongdoing uh, as part of this case. Uh, the company has said in the past that you know the the activities uh, alleged in the indictment were um, were were not related to to the company at all. Uh, he stepped down from the position of CEO uh, last fall after he was formally indicted. And the company is now operating with a new CEO. And um, in the process, as we've reported earlier this year, of, of really trying to um, kind of overhaul the business and in, in what it's calling an effort to uh, be more responsive and, and sort of a better partner with its dealership customers. Well, it's such a important company and such a, a challenging time for dealers this is certainly a case everyone's going to be watching. Very much. All right. Lizzie Van Holy, front page story on Reynolds and Reynolds and uh, the latest developments in Bob Rockman's prosecution. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. That's Daily Drive for September 13th. For the latest news on the auto industry, type in autonews.com. And for a complete catalog of about 350 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. Thanks for listening.